Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Let's keep it casual this week, huh? Okay. I know we try to bring a sort of business-like sort of mindset to this, and we're always talking about business tips, and we're trying to remain formal with our audience. Griffin's wearing shorts right now. Today is a shorts day. That's how casual he's keeping it. Do you not like the shorts? No, I like the shorts. I'm just, I'm trying to paint a picture. Rachel yells at me every time I wear shorts. That is not true. I love when you wear shorts. That's not true. You hate it when I wear shorts. <laughs> okay. Well, he said, she said. Yeah. Well, we'll let the audience, they're going to side with you. No, they will. But they sure. won't believe all the mean things you say about my shorts. What? Wait, just what's one of them, I think? You say like, I bet you couldn't hold many marbles in those pockets. And you say things like, <laughs> hey, great knees. And you're, that one is sincere. I have wonderful knees. And they smell wonderful, too. Here's the thing that is true, is that <laughs> Rachel smells my knees sometimes and swears up and down that I have these downy, fresh knees. <laughs> and I don't know why. I mean, I rub them with fabric softeners like three hours a day. Mm-hmm. But that's me. That's like my life. Mm-hmm. Why do you hate my fucking shorts so much? I love the shorts. They're great. Um, Did you ever own a pair of pants that could be zipped or torn? No. Strate- Oh, that could, you didn't let me finish? No, no. You didn't let me finish? I'm pretty sure the answer's no. <laughs> so that the butt could hang out completely. No, for the go from long pants no. to short. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I owned a couple. I listen, I was a theater kid. Why would that be useful in the theater? It's not, it has nothing to do with practicality. It's just like when you're a theater kid, you feel like you are able to get away with more sort of fashion risks. Mm-hmm. Were these like a khaki material? One was a khaki material, yes. What was the other? Sort of more of a stretchy fabric. Okay. And was this for when you would run off the stage onto the court? Yeah, when I went, <laughs> when I left the stage where I was... A la high school musical? Yeah, when I was doing, you know, Oklahoma, and we'd finish and be like, old farmer, and they can't, oh shit, coach is going to be so PO'd if I don't get to practice right now. And then I would dribble on over to basketball practice. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's not a joke, I owned a couple. It's fun. It's fun to just be like, well, you know what? Well, you know what I think about this? Rip, rip. Here's my freaking knees. What would you? Here's, here's a practical question. What would you do with the discarded fabric once I'm it was? So glad you asked. Zipped off. I would zip them onto my arm zippers. <laughs> so this was a look um, that was popularized by uh, J.C. Chazé. Uh, if you'll remember from all the great music videos, he would take the two sleeves and he would just sort of mix them around where they would live on his body. And so he would do like maybe right arm, left leg, or Mm -hmm. both arms, or super long turtleneck. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. This is nothing. Can we do the hot segment? Actually, somebody on Twitter suggested that we call it um, small wonders. Yeah, And I love that very, very much. Yeah. Uh, We had a couple of people suggest that. I'm sorry, I I did not take your names. Um, Do you have anything that you're like very much into right now? I had um, a couple things that I wanted to bring up. Hit it. See, when you say right now, Mm. like for me, these are kind of timeless. Okay. Just very quick. (laughs) Hit it. Log flumes. Like the ride. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love them. Did you, what's your main exposure to log flumes? Um, I mean, Six Flags. 
Okay. But I, I like how they always went through kind of like a tree naturey area. That part's great. You know? That part's great. And I really did love that. And, and then I like wish a that... very minimal splash at the end, usually. Oh, see, I only got those big dunks. Oh, we yeah. had one at Camden Park, which was Huntington's uh, own amusement park that was spent a lot of time there, had some fun. The log flume, when you ride on it, the nature of the water that they never changed oh. is as such that it was kind of like a mosquito beer bong yeah, where okay. you would go down and just sort of shotgun a few dozen mosquitoes. Okay. I don't, I don't remember that part. Okay. Yeah. I, I always kind of enjoyed the kind of the, the naturey jaunt no, through nice. the trees. It's nice. And then you'll scare at the end, <laughs> but that's life. Um, and the other thing looked into, decided not to discuss ski ball. Yeah. Love ski ball. Yeah. It's rigged. It's great. Anytime I go anywhere, if there's a ski ball machine, I'm playing it. Ski ball is one of those things where I feel like for like everybody, you look at a ski ball machine and you're like, I know my way around a ski ball. You almost certainly don't. I feel like there's like eight people in the world who are good at ski ball and everybody else is just like, oh, ski ball. I'm good at that. And you roll one ball and you're like, oh, wait a minute. I fucking stink at this. Can I tell you something that will absolutely not surprise you? What? Austin has a competitive ski ball league. Of course, of course it does. <laughs> um, what did I want to bring? What are your small wonders? Here's it. This lamp. I bought a new <laughs> lamp for the office. I've had many different lighting solutions for this office, including a weird sort of LED ball that I we thought discussed we could... that on the show. Remember, it changed yeah, colors, and you were very excited. It's about very it. bad. It lasts for about a half hour, and then you have to charge it. Why I think I wanted a permanent lighting <laughs> solution for my office that involved like charging a ball. I do not know. Let me silence my phone. That's just rude of me. That's just rude of me. That'll get you kicked out of the Voice Actors Guild if you do that in a session. What did I miss, though? Looks like Henry had a diaper change. I also had a very small lamp with, like, one of those shitty, like, candelabra light bulbs in it. Again, why I thought that could, like, light an entire space, I do not know. So I went and I got, like, a nice, like, full-size LED light bulb uh, table lamp. And, man, look around this space. It's, don't look around. It's very messy in here. But it's so nice, and you get so much light. And it's, you know, we've lived in this house for four years now, and it's kind of wild that it's taken me this long to actually find a light that makes this room look good, but it changes everything. And I spend so much time in here. It's nice to be able to, like, see things and not have it be, like, Gollum's fucking crypt or whatever. Yeah. And also, scientists say, I did some research mm -hmm. on this, this trying into a long segment, that (laughs) light, the right amount of light in a room can extend your lifespan by 30 years. Wow, that's significant. You'd think you'd be hearing more about that little stat. Yeah, and I did learn about that. So who goes first this time? I have no idea. Uh Uh-oh. I think it's me. Okay. My first thing is a little sort of, um, it's a universe. It's an experience. It's a philosophy, a life philosophy. It is a um just sort of a way of getting through this this crazy adventure that we call living uh, it is pokemon oh no oh yes he's doing it guys i'm really doing it this time it was only a matter of time now but- can we agree at the beginning of this segment that it will not be very 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 long <laughs> 
it's going to be as long as it's going to be. I've been, I've, it's been pent up inside me for like 20 years. No, that's true. And this is it. This is the, I feel like this is part of my brand or whatever. Uh, especially at like the Polygon side of things. Cause I am, a, I am a fan of this video game and also cross-platform multimedia franchise, uh, which I think, I don't know, people, uh, treat it with like humor, right? Because it's part of my, my brand or whatever, despite the fact that I'm a 30 year old man. But I don't think that really matters because I actually think it's a very good thing and not just like a weird vestigial part of my childhood that I refuse to let go of or Can whatever. Can I ask you a question? Yes, please. Why now? Why am I talking about it on this episode of Wonderful? Yeah. Um, I didn't have, couldn't think anything else. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I, I've been playing the Pokemon video games from uh, Nintendo and Game Freak and the Pokemon company since I was in middle school. And my sort of like appreciation for the core concept behind the games hasn't really uh, diminished. It was first released uh, in Japan in 1996. So how old is that? That's like 22 years old. Okay, not bad. Um, and then it made its way to other countries over the following few years as Pokemon Red and Blue. It comes in multiple versions because each one has different Pokemon you can catch. So this was, this is kind of nefarious, but it also kind of like makes like the whole idea of like, oh, you have to trade them back and forth to collect them all. Or you can just buy both like I did because friends were hard to come by. It's easier to buy two Game Boys than it is to make one friend. <laughs> Griffin has that stitched on a little cross stitch in his room. So the core games have had like multiple re-releases and special editions. There's six sort of core sequels that have come out uh, throughout the past couple decades across all of Nintendo's handhelds. Still rolling strong. The latest game came out last fall. If you've never played one, Pokemon's all about collecting various of these titular Pokemon in an effort to fill out an encyclopedia called a... How much do you know about Pokemon? Pokedex. Fuck yeah, dude. Yes. <laughs> I have absorbed so much just okay, being in your good. presence. Uh, and in addition to that, you also train a team of six Pokemon that you take with you, uh, that you take to the world's various gyms and battle them to collect their badges and ultimately become the strongest trainer in the land. Um, each Pokemon has like different kind of moves that they can do in fights. They have different elemental types like fire and water and rock and bug you know, the element bug, uh, that one's on the period. I think it's like right mm -hmm. under Argon. Um, and you, basically you're just trying to figure out how to make a versatile team that can take on each gym. That's like basically what every game is about. It hasn't changed a whole lot for better. And, and for worse, Pokemon can evolve, take on different forms, um, and become sort of stronger and you can trade Pokemon with a friend or online to like fill out your collection. So like that hasn't changed really since 1996 when this game first came out in, in Japan and Pokemon Red and Green. Uh, I played Pokemon Blue was my first one in 1998 or something like that. Um, and so it hasn't changed, but I cannot stress enough. And the reason that it, it became such a success and really became such a big, like, uh, thing I was such a big fan of, uh, is because of how revolutionary this game was back in the 1990s. Did you ever have a Game Boy? I know you didn't have like a lot of video game sort of exposure growing up. No, I mean, well, what was tricky for me was that I entered high school in 1996. Ah, okay. And, 
that was kind of where the roads diverged a little bit. I think so. Like if you were going to continue playing video games in high school, you were going to be like a gamer. I definitely don't think that that's that categorization happens today when like it's everybody's doing it. But yes, back then it was back then. Yeah, yeah. it was it wasn't quite so ubiquitous. So um, yeah, so I, as I mentioned before, had a Sega and we had some PC games. But in high school, my interest kind of fell off, and sure. that was kind of mid-90s, right when you were really yeah. leaning in. So back then, uh, if you had a Game Boy, which I, I had one, I think I also got like a Game Boy Pocket or something like that, which was like the smaller but still black and white uh, Game Boy. It's not black and white. It's like four shades of green or something like that. Anyway. I, I really liked it. Like, I liked being able to play video games while I was on the go. We took a lot of big family vacations. We would drive down to, you know, Myrtle Beach or something. It's like a 10-hour drive. Or down to Florida, which was like a bonkers 18-hour drive. And I liked having my Game Boy because I could play games on it. Problem was, there weren't that many, like, big games for the Game Boy. Yeah. There were a lot of, like, here's a version of a game that came out on NES or Super NES that is so, like, boiled down and it takes you, like, 15 minutes to beat or it's just, like, not very good. Well, it was basically like the screen on a graphing calculator. It know? wasn't just that. There were, like, tons of technical lim- limitations yeah. to, to these things. Like, the storage on a Game Boy cartridge was, like, nothing. Um, and there were, that's not to say that this is the only good game or anything like that. Like, Super Mario Land 2, like, owns getting those six golden coins. It's very good. Like, a lot of the Nintendo, like, for party stuff was very good but i love rpgs like i've loved final fantasy and stuff like this my whole life and there's just not really anything great they made a few final fantasy games for game boy that i didn't really ever get into pokemon came out here was this game that was enormous and had this social element to it and this collection element to it and this like really kind of cool rpg system to it and it would take you dozens and dozens and dozens of hours just to beat it and then you know hundreds if you wanted to try to collect them all and this was in the thing that you could keep in your pocket and then 1998 that was like that didn't happen this was the first time that that happened for me uh and it was so like that's kind of still how i like to play games like this is why i like the switch so much is because i can like play it on the go and i have these big experiences that i can take with me and have control over where i want to play them and i feel like an ownership over them because i know i can play them wherever i want to and this was the first time that really happened for me and for everyone who played it um and then you combine this idea of just like here's my team let's see what you're working with oh i don't have that one can i get that one you want to battle our teams and see who's got the better like all of that shit made this like the best like gaming experience for me ever back in 1998 when this came out um and so that's kind of that's kind of like why it why it occupies such a special place also like it's not just like the rpg like battling stuff the idea of a collection game is really enticing to me um the yeah game, notice that yeah you're, you're very thorough in your and it, it's completion. not it doesn't come from like a compulsory thing it's just like a different activity that you can do in a video game other than the typical video game stuff and i think that's really special uh this game was first thought up by uh satoshi tajiri who wanted to make a game inspired by his childhood hobby which was insect collecting oh, it's very good and it's like it's 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 about like going out into the world and finding these things and having a collection and being in this like kind of interesting, big, open, vibrant world. Um, all of those things were so unique to me back in 1996 and, or back in 98 rather. Um, and I still like, I don't know, I still enjoy it. Like I still enjoy that being a part of like my gaming diet in addition to like playing, you know, more violent fare or, you know, deeper, more adult sort of RPGs yeah. or other things like that. 
here's this like just kind of nice game where you can get in there and, and get lost for. Can I ask time. you something? Yeah. Are they still making like new Pokemon? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so like when you open up a new game, is there like oh hey there's a new guy? I think there's like 750 somewhere Ooh. around there. Yeah, there's a ton. I collected them all back in red and blue. Uh, I got all 151. Uh, mm-hmm. It was heartbreaking. I got up to like 115, and my friend tried to use some cheats on my cartridge. We were trading Pokemon back and forth, and he just got in a Game Shark, but he's too afraid to use it on his own cartridge because he thought he might lose the file. So he did it on mine, <laughs> killed it, lost everything, had to start over. But I did. Fought back, tooth and nail. Backstage, 2000 at the Easter pageant. Maybe it was 1999, is the Easter pageant. I had already done my scenes at the Easter pageant, <laughs> but me and my friend Travis were back there, not my brother, another Travis. Don't worry, brother. And he was like, hey, guess what? Um, I need a Kangaskhan. And I, well, wait, no, how did it happen? We were playing, and he traded me next to last Pokemon, and he did I was like, all I need is Kangaskhan. Went to the Safari Zone, caught Kangaskhan first time, all 150. Can you tell me a little bit about that Pokemon? Sucks to catch him. I only get him in the Safari Zone, and they like run away right away, so you just have to throw a ball and just hope for the best. This has been 20 minutes. I have done literally what you asked me not to do. What's your first thing? I decided, and I appreciate those of you that uh, bared with us last week. I was very sick, had no voice. Uh, so I decided to start off my return with a return to the Poetry Corner. Oh, hey, we're back. We're back. Let me uh, pick up the knitting I was doing last time I was here. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. It's full of bugs. I was eating a jelly sandwich over my knitting last time. I guess I left a little bit of jelly in there. Gotta start over. It's okay, we'll fight back. Who's the poetry this time? <laughs> Uh, the poet I'm bringing this week is Bob Hickok. Uh, Wild Bob Hickok. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> you rotten mouth bastard, Wild Bob. He uh, he actually has kind of a, something in common with some of the other poets I've brought in that he has a very um, kind of working class upbringing. Okay. Um, he, you know, isn't like the highly trained academic poet. Um, he actually, before he began teaching, ran a successful automotive dye business, uh, in Michigan. What is, what is automotive dye? Oh, you know, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) There's only so much research I can do, Griff. Um, and it was only in 2004 after publishing four collections of poetry, um, he earned an MFA after having previously no undergraduate or graduate degree. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even know you could do Just that. got in there. He uh, was born in the 60s, so, you know, this is pretty pretty late in life for him. Yeah, sure. To get started. Uh, so the poem I am bringing is from 2008. You can find it in The New Yorker. It's called A Primer or Primer. So I'm just going to read it. Is that cool? Yes, please. It's kind of a fun poem. Don't worry, it's not not anything too uh There's not any sexual content in it, is there? I don't believe so. Okay, I just want to give folks a heads up before we read anything with You sexual. did D'Angelo that one week, so we can't and we gave pretend like big, we're prudish. I, I didn't hear the final episode, but I put in a big, like, um, you know, uh, earthquake alarm right before. <laughs> and it was like, wow, here it comes, sexual content. I'm going to put it in here just in case it does get sexual. Oh, okay. I guess it depends how you feel about Michigan. Uh, A primer. I remember Michigan fondly as the place I go to be in Michigan. 
the right hand of America waving from maps, or the left pressing into clay, a mold to take home from kindergarten to mother. I lived in Michigan 43 years. The state bird is a chained factory gate. The state flower is Lake Superior, which sounds egotistical, though it is merely cold and deep as truth. A Midwesterner can use the word truth, can sincerely use the word sincere. In truth, the Midwest is not mid or west. When I go back to Michigan, I drive through Ohio. There is off I-75 in Ohio a mosque, so life goes corn, 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 mosque. I wave at Islam when we're not getting along with on account of the towers as I pass. Then Ohio goes corn, 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 billboard, goodbye, Islam. You never forget how to be from Michigan when you're from Michigan. It's like riding a bike of ice and fly fishing. The Upper Peninsula is a spare state in case Michigan goes flat. I live now in Virginia, which has no backup plan, but is named the same name as my mother. I live in my mother again, which is creepy. But so is what the skin under my chin is doing. Suddenly there's a pouch like marsupials are needed. The state joy is spring. Osiris, we beseech thee, rise and give us baseball, is how we might sound were we Egyptian in April when February hasn't ended. February is 13 months long in Michigan. We are a people who by February want to kill the sky for being so gray and angry at us. What did we do is the state motto. There's a day in May when we're all tumblers, gymnastics is everywhere, and daffodils are asked by young men to be their wives. When a man elopes with a daffodil, you know where he's from. In this way, I have given you a primer. Let us all be from somewhere. Let us tell each other everything we can. That's very good. Isn't that nice? It is very nice. It's weird. Like, what's your take on that? You're a poetry. I'm a poetry poetry gal. Yeah. Uh, Bob Hickok is one of those poets that I think, like the academic types, find kind of um, too accessible, I guess. Yes. Uh, He's very conversational. He's kind of funny. And so a lot of like the people that kind of spend their lives studying poetry find him to be a little too simplistic. Uh, but I, I really enjoy how easy it is to connect with him and what he's saying and the very concise way he gets at like truths about like, for example, like February being 13 months long in yes. Michigan, I feel like is a very kind of fun way to explain what it's like. Just a reminder, Rachel is not from Michigan. I'm not from Michigan, but I'm from the Midwest. Sure. Uh, and gosh, those last two lines, you all know how I'm a big sucker for a... For a good button. Yeah, for the end of the poem. And the fact that this poem and this, this these lines stick with me, like when I was thinking about what to bring this week... These lines just like, I couldn't remember the name of the poem, couldn't remember what it's about, but I could remember, let us all be from somewhere, let us teach each, or let us tell each other everything we can. Like, I love those two lines. Yeah. Like, it's just, there's this urgency to it. Just like, I just told you this really long, rambling kind of poem about the places that I've lived and what I know about it. And the reason I'm doing that is I think it's important for all of us to kind of share these parts of ourselves and, and these experiences. So that's 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 my, my poem this week. That's a good one. Thank you. Uh, I would love to tell you a poem in Griffin's Poetry Corner. Okay. But it's spelled with a K, and it's backwards, and it's like <laughs> crayons. 
And he's like, what's he doing? Oh, I thought you were getting ready to do the the stinger. I am. Oh, okay. Continue. Yeah. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in wow the yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. I have a message for Carissa, and it is from Oliver. Hey, Snugbug. I know our anniversary only really comes up once every four years, but I figured hearing this message from our favorite podcasting couple would make up for that fact. This counts as a non-gift for our non-anniversary. I love you so much, and you make my life truly wonderful. Is this a leap year marriage? I think so, because they asked for it as close as possible to 228. That's so great. Yeah. But also not, because like that means you only get to go to Red Lobster once every four years. Oh, no. Everyone does that, by the way, right? Like we do it. Red Lobster on the anniversary. Get some garlic butter boys and just <laughs> slop them down. Pick out the lobsters we want. And then we take them home and free them. And then we have a little lobster fight in the kitchen. Can I break the bit for a second? And then we kiss. What? Can I break the bit for uh-huh. a second? I've never been to Red Lobster. What? It's very true. Did you never graduate from high school? Because <laughs> you go to Red Lobster as part of that. No. The ceremony. I didn't. We would walk right off the stage. <laughs> 
<laughs> and keep walking the two and a half miles. You throw up your cap and put on your bib. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, we got to get you to I shrimp know. fest, babe. I know. I'm going to ruin you with crab legs. Oh, that's beautiful. What's the next one? You're back in the poetry corner, by the way. That was a poem. Oh, okay. It was a short one like E.E. E. Cummings. You just couldn't see the punctuation and stuff. I feel like E.E. E. Cummings is your go-to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this message is for Benji. It is from Emma. Hey, Benj. Thanks for being my ermine and partner in science and for letting me nap in your room. I hope this message finds you well. I think you are wonderful. I like the name Benji. Uh, yeah. Uh, I like also the name Binge. Just sort of shortened down, which is what they said in the message here, and I like that a lot. What's an ermine? Do, 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 do. Google away. Gonna find out what an ermine is. An ermine is a stout, a stoat, especially when it's white winter coat. It's a stout-bodied moth that has cream or white wings. No, it's not. You're showing like a fucking ferret, but like the dictionary's like, it's a moth. But Google's like, no, dictionary, it's a ferret. Yeah, I've only ever heard it in clothing terms. Oh, no, they use these guys for clothing? Yeah. That stinks. Look at these guys. Like an ermine stole. Look at him. Yeah, he's very cute. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Oh, no, we got to get all the ermines. <laughs> the only way I can protect them. Oh, God, are you okay? Sorry. The only way we're going to be able to protect all these ermines is if we go find them all, wrangle them up, and keep them in our house with us. I don't think our cat would handle that well. I think her cat would be like a little dad. Aww. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Adam. And we host The Greatest Generation. And uh, we're here to announce a new show. The Greatest Discovery is Maximum Fun's new podcast about the new Star Trek series, Star Trek Discovery. We're going to be recapping every single episode. It's going to be a limited run podcast. And we hope you'll join us. It's a show that we're really excited to watch. And we're really excited to talk about it and provide our signature and fart joke coverage of a new entry in the Star Trek franchise. So if you like irreverence, adult humor, irreverence again, <laughs> and Star Trek, we really hope you'll join us on Tuesdays on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcast to The Greatest Discovery. Oh, they made us edit dick out of the last promo that we submitted, so... You should keep that part in the promo. <laughs> My second thing is massages. Ooh. I have never really talked about this, like on this podcast or really any other, because I worry it makes me sound like super bougie. Um, but I fucking love massages. Griffin sits at a desk like 12 hours a day, at least every day. Yes. Um, and it hurts his back very badly. It sucks a lot. Um, it's funny, like, I was nervous about talking about this because it's not like I'm working in the salt mines or. I always go, that's not like a good go-to no. like physical labor job because there are so many jobs that involve actual like yes. moving your body. But the, the fact is like sitting hunched over a desk for a very long time is also fucked up for your back for a lot of different reasons. But um, 
I love massages for this, for this kind of reason. And I'll get into that, but I usually try to get them like every month if I can once a month. Um, so I don't want to dive into like the kind of alternative medicine side of this, which isn't to say that it doesn't have like physiological benefits, yeah, it's just but not the idea your that like area. you can cure anything with the right kind of massage. Yeah. Um, I don't want to dive into that, but studies have found that massage can help with uh, a number of issues ranging from like headaches, uh, soft tissue strains and sports injuries, uh, to like other kinds of issues like stress related problems, like insomnia and, uh, and anxiety, according to the Mayo Clinic. Um, it is generally viewed as an effective way of relieving stress and pain and muscle tension, which like Rachel said, like I sit at a desk for long, long stretches of the day. And I recognize that that's not the healthiest thing. I did just buy a new standing desk. I'm very excited about that. Look forward to that on some episode of Wonderful in the Future where I'm like, standing up is so great. And I'm like really trying to sell it. But really, I would just love a good this seat week, right now. You know what's wonderful? Standing. I think at that point, it'd be like sitting. I took it for granted. <laughs> um, so I, I get this like bonkers amount of tension in my shoulders and my back. I have also kind of engineered a profoundly stressful life for myself, which exacerbates those physical problems and also introduces what I would call like a significant mental strain as well. And a couple of years ago, I started making regular appointments to see a massage therapist about once a month. And I can't drive home enough, like how genuinely helpful it's been. Um, which again, I, I was worried would make me sound very bougie, but this really doesn't have to be cost prohibitive. Um, in Austin, there are places where you can go and get one hour treatments, either like deep tissue or Swedish massages or whatever for like 30, 35 bucks, which isn't nothing, but like once a month to get this done and have it very, very much help, I think is totally worth it. Or you can splurge and go in for like a 100 or plus dollars session somewhere if you want the works. Um, and I've always been really bad about taking self-care seriously. Like, in in general especially lately when i've become like busier and um we we have had a child but this one sort of element of my life is is um i'm very grateful that i think of it as like non-negotiable um because when i leave after getting a massage i always feel much more like relaxed than i did when i went in and that bonkers amount of tension is so much better um, but what I really appreciate is having this opportunity to lie down and not think about anything for an hour, Yeah, which is ancillary. And it's not to say that like, I'm not also enjoying the, the physical element of the massage, but like, I've never really gotten into meditation, which I know I probably would be very helpful for me, but I, I, I find it so hard to just kind of empty my thoughts for an extended period of time i've definitely tried and it's it's really hard to make that stuff quiet down i'm always always thinking about something usually something that i have to do in a massage i don't really have any other option right like i'm nude and i'm in a strange place i can't just like pull out my phone and check my email or whatever or look at the pokemon I can't look at the Pokemon, which wait, Rachel says that I just have a little book that I pull out and has some of my favorite guys in it. Um, there's something about like making this decision to take a break for an hour um, that makes me take it seriously. That makes me take this like kind of self-care well, very seriously. There is like, an investment yeah. too. Yeah. Um, and 
it's helpful for two reasons. One, like I desperately, and I didn't realize this until I started doing it, I desperately need those times where I'm not worried about anything. Even for an hour, that doesn't sound like a long period of time, but it is essentially a reset of this like accumulation that builds up um, that is like so, so vital. And two, and this is going to sound kind of counterintuitive, I actually find that that is the state in which I am able to think up some of my best ideas. Yeah. Which is not to say that, like, I go get a massage so I can finally crack that, you know, new Adventure Zone arc or whatever, although that definitely did happen. But that's not my goal, right? Because that's kind of a shitty way to think about it. But it is only when I can sort of push everything out of my brain Mm -hmm. and just kind of relax for an hour and not be constantly worried about how else I could be spending that time because I am nude and I spent some money to be there. Well, and I will also say another thing that comes with a massage is the understanding that there will be silence between you and the masseuse, uh, which I know, for example, we've talked about before when Griffin gets a haircut, I think he, he tends to feel this social pressure to kind of engage and be charming and yeah and and, and i think with a massage you, you aren't expected to kind of keep up any kind of chatter yes. which is probably helpful for you when you when you i i am an anxious person and so that that's not like a joke like when i have to then in, engage in a conversation um with somebody who isn't somebody who i like absolutely absolutely trust or whatever it's really hard for me to like qualify that but it it does cause me some amount of like mental like you know what i've noticed what this is this kind of the difference between me and griffin that i've noticed the longer we've been together when we are out in public and we are in a kind of a service environment uh i think griffin will do his best to to have a conversation and be friendly and warm I don't <laughs> feel yes. that pressure, and I feel like that probably ultimately puts more pressure on Griffin. But I am more than happy to sit silently until the time allotted has passed, <laughs> where his Griffin will have a conversation about the weather or something that is happening. And it's not to say I don't enjoy that, <laughs> but it does like it is. It is like um, it is stressful, I guess, in a way. And so, yeah, like not having the the onus of that yeah. on me during a massage is also very like it is a place of complete just like yeah it's a void that I'm like f- I'm floating in the sunken place and it's like yeah. I'm I'm able to think and or not think like and and all of that I don't mean to make this sound like it is just a great place to go and chill out for a while like uh, massage therapists are are incredibly talented and the work that they provide is 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 really really vital. Um, to people like me and also people who are suffering from, you know, worse things that, that can only find relief or can find, uh, you, you know, major relief through massage. Um, there's so many benefits to doing it. And I'm just really glad I started doing it. I guess just like, uh, I am, I'm glad that I have like a self care thing that I can kind yeah. of return to and, and come back to because, uh, that is not something that I thought of at all four years and that was not sustainable at all Yeah, you didn't start doing this until you moved to austin right i didn't start doing this until like 2016 or so yeah um and yeah i i i i think it's important to practice self-care just like no matter what it is if it's not massage whatever but like i also think it's important to have like a appointment like an appointment for self-care and that is that is what this is for me yeah what's your second thing okay my second thing is a new single from Janelle Monet. Ooh. <laughs> 
her last album was Electric Lady in 2013. Holy shit. Yeah, which I was a huge fan of. Downloaded. Yeah, I didn't realize it was five then, years yeah, ago. Yeah, nothing since then. Uh, so this, her new album isn't out yet, doesn't come out until, uh, April 27th. It's gonna be called Dirty Computer. Uh, but the single is Make Me Feel. It came out end of February, so it's pretty fresh. Can I listen to it a little bit? Yes, please do. Laying your body on a shag carpet. Oh, you know I love it, so please don't stop it. It's like I'm powerful with a little bit of tender. An emotional sexual bender. Mess me up, yeah, but no one does it better. There's nothing better. No. That's just the way you make me feel. Um, this is the best uh, song in the in the. <laughs> let me think. Hold on, let me think of the best songs. Uh, no, this is it. This is this the best is the song best I ever song. Uh, recorded. Here's here's what like, I mean, obviously the song is incredible. Um, this song made me come to terms with my um, sorrow about Prince's death because Prince is still very much alive and well in this song. Yes, in sort of the spirit of. Yeah, uh, this it, very it reminds music. me a lot of the song Kiss. Oh, for sure. Like, it's got um, Prince vibes down. But it's also, like, I also think it's, like, super hip. And, like, it's, oh, um, yeah. like, that main hook of that. Oh, wow. I know. I could, I'm going to so hear that in my good. dreams tonight. It's so good. It's, like, it's not even for me, you know, normally when we do a song, we, like, we'll cite some of the lyrics. And for me, like, it's less about the lyrics and more just about like the sound and energy of the song and just kind of the cadence of it. Uh, it's such a jam. So the, this song is being kind of heralded as kind of a like powerful uh, anthem for bisexuality, which just like, hey, go watch the music video, listen to the song and whatever, but go watch the music video. It's Janelle Monet and Tessa Thompson, and it's like fresh as fuck. There's like a lot of, uh, I've seen some people call it kind of, have you actually seen the video or just yeah. listen to the song? Mm-hmm. Uh, people think it's kind of referring to um, the episode of Black Mirror, San Junipero, uh, just the, the kind of the aesthetic of yeah. sort of the core narrative part of yeah. the video seems kind of well, it's very like 80s there. inspired which was a story about uh two women who fall in love in this well i don't want to give anything away it's a really cool episode though but um and and so it's being it, there's a lot of imagery of just like uh janelle monet and tessa thompson sort of uh flirting with janelle monet and also a dude and also, there's the pre-chorus, which goes, uh, it's like I'm powerful with a little bit of tinder, an emotional sexual bender. And talking specifically about this song, about Make Me Feel, uh, she has a quote here on a Glad article uh, where she says, it's a celebratory song. I hope that comes across, that people feel more free no matter where they are in their lives, that they feel celebrated. Because I'm about women's empowerment. I'm about agency. I'm about being in control of your narrative and your body. So there's like nothing explicit in in their... Um, saying you know this is this is a song about bisexuality but i i understand why people you know seeing the the visuals in the video and reading the the lyrics to the song like i i think it's totally understandable i don't think it's a i don't think you have to take a very long walk to get there bottom line it's a jam i think we can all agree that it's a fucking jam it's a jam just came out made me feel super hip to bring that to wonderful this week yes it's a very very good song i'm so glad you've shared it with me Oh, man. I'm going to listen to this song a million times today.
do you want to hear some submissions from our friends at home playing the home version of the wonderful game? <laughs> I would like that very much. Jamie says, this is a little nerdy. Okay, a lot nerdy, but I derive a lot of happiness from Microsoft Excel. I love tidy tables with all the cells filled in. I love color coding my data so I can glance at the screen and see what's going on. And I love, love, love the feeling of triumph when I finally get a formula to do what it's supposed to do. I hope it's not just me. I actually have to use Excel a lot for my job to make budgets for grant submissions, do a lot of the, uh, a lot of the auto sum features, adding up, adding up some columns and such. Real spreadsheet wizard. (laughs) I don't know any, I can't even do the auto sum. I tried to the other day and I fucked it up. I was like, all right, so all these numbers added together equals J206. Nope. (laughs) Incorrect. Uh, Kate says the Bob Ross streams still going on on Twitch and the community still. Okay. I feel like I should maybe explain this. Twitch is a video game streaming website. And, uh, I think like last year they started showing Bob Ross episodes live streaming. Obviously he's not making them. He has passed away, I believe. And so they're just like showing these episodes. And then there are thousands of commenters all like, yeah. Dope strokes. (laughs) Um, The community is still responding all these years later from people in the chat reacting to him paint in real time to a counter bot for the number of times Bob has beat the devil, which is what he calls cleaning the brush by hitting it on the leg of his easel. That's awesome. To a finished painting, always ending with a congratulatory chorus of GG in chat. It always warms my heart to see everyone still enjoying his paintings and genuinely cheerful outlook. That's awesome it's very good it's all it i watched one of these ones when it like first came out and it was like a little bit twitch like toxic like uh, all sort of chat for certain communities that's can not be. how i want to imagine it Griffin. but no it's I, I imagine now it's only like the people who are here for bob yeah that's a good point. uh kimberly says uh we have had a very gray winter that has been ruining my spirits and a friend of mine suggested i watch the new queer eye for a boost and i am so glad she did i knew i was in trouble when i was crying 10 minutes into the first episode yep so i know <laughs> i love crying at tv too i love how they chose guys from the south i love how the fab five tailored their advice to the individuals like showing one older guy how to shop at a thrift store but showing the busy dad how to shop at target where he could go get groceries and clothing at the same time finally i love how personal the shows got and how it really seemed like the participants became real friends with the fab five every single time my only complaint is that this wonderful show only had eight episodes we watched those in about two days sweet jesus Um, the cast is incredible i enjoyed the old queer i didn't watch like a ton of it but also mostly because i never had cable uh this is very good Um, jonathan van ness who is the uh the grooming guru uh, used to have a podcast on the Max Fun Network called Getting Curious. Uh, and he is He's fantastic. Yeah, they're all fantastic. Show. Karamo? Karamo! Karamo hosted a season of Are You the One? Are You the One? I think Are You the One Second Chances, maybe? And we watched it and we thought, who's this guy? He is incredible. He is very good. Yes. Uh, he's good on that show, too. Um, yeah, it is, a, it is a very, it is a show with like so much heart. Yes. It is absolutely a a beautiful beautiful thing um and it's also uh it's just queer eye now not queer eye for the straight guy there is one episode uh where a a a gay man who is like out to his friends but still like closeted to some other people in his life um it it, is also kind of can't like take care of himself it's more about like the show is a case study in like masculinity and yes uh the idea of that essentially like translating to 
you're not supposed to take care of yourself. You're not supposed to, there are things that you, you're not supposed to worry about in terms of how you present yourself to the world. And that that's such a like universal yeah, thing. Yeah, well, and, and what that does for your self esteem and your confidence, um, it's really interesting to see the transformation of these people as they kind of finally start to take a moment to recognize that uh, investing in themselves would potentially change their whole life. Yeah, it's and, incredible, and the lives of the people around them. Yes, like, and that is the that is such an important topic right now, and yeah. it's like this show handles it so. Uh, like for the most part, like so deftly. Yes. Um, that's it though. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Uh, oh, Max Fun though. <laughs> Thank you to Maximum Fun. Uh, you can find any number of wonderful podcasts <laughs> hot, um, on that network. We love being a part of it. Yeah, they got shows like Judge John Hodgman and uh, Stop Podcasting Yourself and Switchblade Sisters and Tights and Fights and a bunch of others. I think that's it, though. Okay. <laughs> I don't have one this time. Say something. Do a skit. Quick, baby, do a skit. I can't think of one. Uh, oh, Griffin, uh, Pokemon situation. Uh, let's say I'm in a battle and I am needing a Pokemon that is fast and powerful. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Going into a bullseye interview, I know it's somebody who does amazing work, but it's an actual conversation. I don't know where it's headed. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. You said it actually better than I did, so I have to think about what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, this is is the straight talk that that you're going to get on this show. Bullseye. Creators you know, creators you need to know. Find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts.